Welcome to Adversarial Learning, your new favorite podcast about data, data science, uh, science, um, uh, your new favorite podcast about everything, really. Uh, we're talking about everything. Uh, my name is Joel Cruz, uh, and my co-host is Andrew Musselman, and this is our first episode, and welcome. Uh, if you're listening to this, you probably don't need to find us, but if you'd like to find us, uh, you can find us at adversariallearning.com or on Twitter at adversarial underscore L. Uh, and now a word from our sponsor. Adversarial learning is brought to you by Data Science from Scratch, First Principles with Python. If you need to read a book about data science and you want that book to be from scratch and you want it to be about first principles and you want it to be in Python, then Data Science from Scratch, First Principles with Python is the book you've been waiting for. Available at Amazon or O'Reilly.com or anywhere books are sold. Data science from scratch. Well, that's probably uh, enough of an introduction. So uh, onward to the podcast. Okay, let's go. So um, started recording. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, this is Andrew and Joel. Yeah, this is Joel here, uh, and welcome. Uh, adversarial learnings is what we're calling it. Oh, I thought uh, it was shallow learning. Um, no, okay. uh, <laughs> at least that 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 URL wasn't available, so we oh, uh, okay. we, we had to change. Now it's adversarial learnings, which uh, which is interesting in its own way. Yeah, it, it's even better. I mean, the um, well, yeah, because that's been uh, that's sort of how we met, right? Uh, right, exactly. So. Um, so, so I wrote a book. Uh, Andrew is writing a book, supposedly. Uh, I don't know if he'll ever finish it. Um, yep. But yeah, I wrote a book called Data Science from Scratch. And uh, at the halfway point, O'Reilly uh, sent it out for tech reviews. And each tech reviewer read the half of the book that was written, uh, You know, wrote up uh, their feedback, uh, and sent it back to me. And so two of the tech reviewers at the halfway point uh, were pretty enthusiastic, and they gave me a lot of good feedback. And then one of them was pretty savage uh, and he didn't like the book he didn't like the tone uh he found it very off-putting um and it was actually feedback that i found really disheartening and it caused me to stop working on the book for for a couple of weeks and and sulk um and then uh one time i went to a data science happy hour and i'm sitting across from this guy uh and he's describing who he is and i'm describing who i am and i explain about the book and he's like oh i think i reviewed that book I said, "Oh, you're the guy who didn't like it," and uh, ever since then we're like best friends. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was a little, I was a little cagey when you asked that because I, I, uh, I was embarrassed, but um, but you took it, you took it really well, and and uh, and you're very gracious about it. Uh, so yeah, so the um, so just a little bit about each of us. We can do some intros. I'm uh, I'm working at Accenture as chief data scientist. I've been there for five years. Uh, I got into data science um, a little bit through the side door. Uh, I think before when I started doing what we call data science, that was not a title, that was not a name, that was not a that was not a sort of coherent concept that anybody had in mind. Uh, so I started with a recommender for a music streaming company. And so, so what what were you called then? 
Uh, software development engineer. Oh, that's not too bad. Uh, I was no, it was great. I was uh, working at Rhapsody, um, so working in uh, building Java web services, and had come up through you know web development in my uh, enterprise programming stuff, and I uh, was working on web services, and got asked by my, one of my managers to start looking at that uh, problem because there were no um, there were no uh, there was no automated recommendations for for the for the music, and it was all editor driven, and so they were looking at a way to make you know, to sort of cover cover the long tail of, of tracks and albums and artists that, that the editors didn't have time to spend time on. Uh, and so we built a recommender. Um, we used Hadoop, and I was just counting counting back the years because I was at Hadoop, uh, or the Cloudera world in Tokyo, and it, they were celebrating uh, Hadoop, 10 years of Hadoop, and I was just counting back when I started using it. It turns out that was the year. So I, I remember hearing about the, the framework and trying it out. And we actually used it on that on that project. You were the first person ever to use Hadoop. Well, <laughs> at that company, yeah. But um, I was I was there with I don't know which which version which release I was using, but um, it was a while ago. I remember having to set up keyless um, SSH and you know setting up a, a, two boxes under my desk and and doing a pseudo cluster and that whole bit. And now, now here's my confession as a data science person. Uh, I've actually never used Hadoop. I I uh, I I that's I, I admire that. I mean, that's uh, you know, it's it seems like there is a lot of tendency to get on a bandwagon, and um, you obviously aren't haven't been hurt in your career due to not having done that. No, uh, I've just never had a job where Hadoop was a thing. Uh, yeah. and you know, some jobs Hadoop is a thing, or was a thing, or yeah. might be a thing, and some jobs it's not, and. Never managed to have one of those. Yeah. Well, you know, it is. Uh, <laughs> there are a lot of tools that you're you're allowed to use. I think. Um, so I think that's fine. The uh, so what what um, how did you so that's how I that's that was my real brief intro. But uh, how how would you how did you get into data science? Yeah. So I came kind of from a different direction. Uh, I studied math and economics originally. And I did quantitative finance. So I was one of those hedge fund jerks who, you know, makes spreadsheets and prices options and has a little turret phone on his desk where you push a button and it connects you directly to Citibank and a different button that connects you directly to Goldman Sachs. And you say, you know, I, I think that Euro volatility looks cheap. So I, I want to buy a straddle and uh, what can you quote me? And so yeah. I, did the, I did that kind of stuff and I hated it. It was like the worst job I ever had. Uh, what, was the, what, were the, what was the language you're in? Um, I, it wasn't even a coding job. It was, oh. um, spreadsheets basically. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, but, but spreadsheets are fine. I like spreadsheets. Um, yeah. that's not what made it a terrible job. It was, uh, it was stressful and soul destroying and it was yeah. on, it was on the West coast and, and working at a hedge fund on the West coast is extra bad because you oh, still have to be there for market hours. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you got to be in work by 5am every day. Yeah. And, uh, so, uh, luckily well, not luckily. Luckily, the hedge fund went out of business, um, and so then I had no job. Um, and I got a job at a startup called Faircast, uh, essentially doing kind of BI stuff. But that BI stuff was, you know, building spreadsheets, um, doing data analysis in spreadsheets. Um, and then as the job went on, uh, it started being more writing SQL. Uh, so I wrote a lot of SQL. And then as the job went on, it became a little bit more scripting in Python. So I started scripting in Python. Um, there were a lot of machine learning people at the company, so I kind of hung around them and learned a little bit by osmosis, 
did a tiny amount of machine learning. Um, and so I kind of pushed myself in the data science direction, uh, sort of from the data analysis side. Mm-hmm. Were you doing a lot of uh, a lot of modeling in Excel before you started moving on to Python? I wasn't doing a lot of modeling. I was doing more um, what I would call descriptive analytics. Um, so pivot tables or data analysis, but not really predictive modeling. Yeah, my confession is I've never done a pivot table. You've probably done like a data frame that's equivalent to a pivot table, though. Yeah, but if I'm in Excel, I don't know how to do it. You know, it's actually been long enough since I've used Excel that probably these days I couldn't do it either. But but it's but it's one of those things that if you tell people, then they almost they 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 can't believe it. It's like the, you haven't seen The Godfather. The same way they react to that. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, the difference between being able to use Excel and being able to use Excel and being good at pivot tables is uh, qu- quite a lot of salary um, if you can do both versus <laughs> if you can do one. Um, I, I probably could have made a, a full but boring career just keeping to do spreadsheet stuff. I, yeah. don't, think, I don't think I would have been real happy, but yeah. I, I would have made enough to eat and sure. pay my rent. <laughs> yeah, you, the, you do what you can. Um, uh, but the uh, to, I mean, the question of um, we, we were just asking ourselves before this show. Um, why we have a have a podcast, um, and this is episode one, so it's it's a it's an open ended question. Why do we have a podcast? Um, well, the I think the motivation. It was a few months ago we were talking about it, right? Uh, I I don't know. I feel like we've been talking about it for like a year, but maybe that's Probably other stuff. Nine months. Yeah, it might be. We've been talking about other things that have been uh, happening, um, but I think uh, it what came down to for for me was there there were a lot of people asking about questions about data science it sounded like you were getting similar questions especially after your book and and then with the fame of your fizzbiz in tensorflow talk um getting a lot of questions about what you know what is data science how do i get into it a lot of people wanting to get into the in you know learn how to do the work and get into the field and there's you know there there are just um there are a lot of people out, out there talking about it and you know we we thought we could uh we could add some some value um yeah. and have fun along the way so I got to tell you a story. I, I I meant to tell a lot of people this story, and I forgot, and I haven't told anyone. But I I went to a conference uh, this last weekend down in Santa Clara, um, and I gave a talk about my FizzBuzz and TensorFlow blog post, which is kind of the talk that I've been shopping around the conference circuit recently. Um, and then afterwards, this guy comes up to me. And like about a year ago, um, some random person messaged me on LinkedIn, and he's like, hey, I want to get into data science. Uh, will you do like a Skype chat with me? And uh, at the time, I didn't have a job, so I was like, sure, why not? I don't have anything better to do. So I had a Skype chat with a guy. Um, I offered him some advice. Uh, he was working in the government, some kind of boring job. And uh, I can't remember what advice I gave him. Same advice I gave everybody. Um, suck it up and try hard and pay your dues and know your role and check yourself and all that stuff. Um, anyway, that guy was at the conference, and he came up to me. and He's like, yeah. hey, I don't know if you remember me, but I'm the guy that you Skyped with a year ago. And I was like... Uh, yeah, I remember that. He's like, after I talked to you, I quit my job and I moved to San Francisco and I did what you said and I got into data and now I am like this data analyst at this company and I'm working my way up to being a data scientist and wow. and like I owe it all to you. And I was like, wow. I was like, where's my commission? But yeah, well, but, that's a great story. 
It is a great story. I'm like, wow, that like makes up for so many like awful things I've done to people over the past year. Like it, the the ledger is a little bit balanced. So um, yeah. I, I wish I'd written down what I told him because uh, right. apparently it was good advice. But could you you probably told him to learn how to how to how to take interviews and and uh, learn learn some languages and stuff like that. Build stuff, throw it up in GitHub. Yeah, argue on Twitter. Mm-hmm. No. Learn, learn, <laughs> learn all of the all of the dumb questions that are going to be asked of you in an interview. Yeah, follow all the all the weird sons on Twitter. You know, rail against normies, all that. I stuff. I started following some weird sons, and one of them followed me. One of the the one with the crab in it. I th- they all have crabs in them. I, I don't okay. even I don't even know what the the crabs have to do with it, but somehow yeah. it's, it's related. Um, there's one, uh, yeah. There's one that said, uh, "Can you can you can you turn this problem into a weird son Twitter account?" today so not even sure why i think it's funny um so uh anyway part of the point of that story is that that means that i have like a stellar track record of giving good uh data science <laughs> advice right because the you have one, a yeah you have a one you it, it it worked one time i know and and let's not think of like all the other people who've come to me for advice that yeah uh, god only knows where they are probably in a no, somewhere no, just just remember that good one like a Nate, like the Nate Silver situation in 08. Exactly. Everyone remembers how good he was then, and let's uh, gloss over this here. Yeah, <laughs> he's still the best. Right? He's, he's still still the closest. Yeah, he's a he. He's still number one in in my heart, insofar as I pay attention to that sort of thing, yeah. which I really don't. Sure. Um. um yeah. yeah so, so that that's why we that's what we're we're thinking here. So. Um, yeah, did you, did I think you, I think also we both like the sounds of our own voices. Um, I I actually don't so. Uh, <laughs> Okay. I like talking, but I don't like hearing myself. So okay, well, I, oh. I like the sound of Andrew's voice, um, and I also like the sound of my voice. So yeah, I'll have to like it. it enough for both of us. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I can badger people on Twitter. You know, 140 characters at a time. Uh, or I can badger people on Facebook. But that's mostly people I went to high school with, and they don't really care what I have to say. Um, or I can badger people on a podcast, and hopefully, yeah. you know, and there's no recourse. Uh, he, uh, the, the, that's what that's what you hope. <laughs> there, there's always a recourse. Uh, audio re- audio recordings are forever, right? It's true. Yeah. Well, you know, hopefully, uh, I don't know. Maybe we should argue if we. I don't know. Put, put it behind a password or something. Someone at archive.org is going to download it and then uh, <laughs> stick it in the Library of Congress and then yeah. you know engrave it on some titanium record and stick it on a Voyager space probe and send it off to the stars. And then, no. And then and when those aliens visit this planet, they'll say that it's not, that's not data science. Data science is this. And then definition will change by then. And we'll be embarrassed. Yeah. Jesus, these guys are still using Python. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, 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 so we've, we've put together some example topics we hope to, to cover, uh, in future, uh, future episodes. Um, Ranging from politics to technical tools, and yeah, you know, uh, when we're recording this, it's actually right around election time, uh, and so we thought we could probably do a a good episode on uh, the election, but that might not be the best thing to start with. So maybe once things settle down, uh, it might be a better time to do politics. It, yeah, it could be, or never. I don't know. Um, it, um, so yeah, well, but yeah, for this one, for for the for the time being, probably stick to the typical questions about the topic, and um, you know, because there people, the questions come up often enough that it's it's good to it's good to have one more canonical standard answer among the other fifty. 
That's um, right. Like whether you, you have to have a PhD, uh, which is hot topic. Yep. Um, um, obviously, uh, well, not obviously, but uh, neither of us has a PhD. I'm a, neither. yeah, I'm a, I'm a two time PhD dropout. So uh, I'm a one time bachelor dropout, and, but I finally got a BS uh, after several years. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the question sometimes come up, uh, is it important to have a PhD? Is it important even to have a degree in any kind of, uh, quantitative field? Um, you know, is, is a degree, is a degree in physics useful? Is a degree in social sciences fit useful? Um, people tend to have a lot of opinions about it. So, uh, what we might be interviewing folks and, and bring people in and get their, get their views. Yep. Um, and so we'll probably also, you know, do an episode on how do I get started in data science? Uh, since everyone seems to be asking that and wanting to know that, um, we'll probably also do an episode on how do I get out of data science? Um, <laughs> People ask that sometimes too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, Um, you 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 can check out every anytime you like. We can never leave. Right. Yeah. So how to and also from the other side, how to hire data scientists, Um, and so along with those, you know, what what are some what are some of the struggles people have with interviewing and designing, you know, reasonable a reasonable hiring pattern. Yeah, that that one might be a while. We have to try and find someone who uh, who is good <laughs> at hiring data scientists, and I'm yeah. not sure who that person would be. If you know anyone, uh, you can suggest it to us. Yeah, uh, and likewise, uh, how to pass this, the data science interview is a is a pretty broad topic. Yeah, I, in fact, uh, I was talking to some people. I think it was at the conference this weekend, and they're like, you know, you should write a book like cracking the coding interview, except cracking the data science interview. And I'm that'd like, be to be too long. Well, it would be too, one. It would be too long. Two, you know. If you read Cracking the Coding Interview, Amazon, Facebook, Microsoft, Google, they all interview engineers pretty similarly to one another. So it's easy enough to kind of take the intersection of how they run their interviews and then write a book about it. Okay, well, they're probably going to ask you about linked lists. Here's a chapter about linked lists. All right, okay, they're probably going to ask you a question about you know binary trees. Here's a chapter about binary trees. Whereas with data science, there's no... There's no similar standardization. You know, every every company would need its own book, uh, and yeah. then then you wouldn't be able to sell enough comp- uh, enough copies to make it worth your while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, it, it really it depends. Like, it, I mean, even even there's a mismatch in people's minds between what the what the role even means, and even in the job description, they might have something completely different. And so people people have encountered a lot of surprises. So, uh, yeah, lots to cover there. Um, Let's see. Ethical questions in data science. I mean, we can oh, do, yeah. we could do sev- several episodes on that. That's the new hot topic. That that is the new hot topic. There, were, uh, this conference I went to this weekend. Uh, one of the speakers, uh, I'd actually seen him give this talk before, um, spoke about ethical questions in data science, and then he came back into there was a VIP lounge for all the speakers, and so you know we were sitting around kind of shooting the shit, and uh, we got into kind of an argument about ethics in data science and. Yeah. Ethics in general. I, one guy actually got not the guy who gave the talk, but a different guy got really upset at me. <laughs> Why? <laughs> he he didn't like what I had to say. Um, ah. we, yeah, were, we were we were talking about questions like you know what responsibility does Airbnb have to make sure that its hosts don't discriminate and does it have the same responsibility to make sure that its guests don't discriminate and uh-huh. what responsibility does Facebook have to allow or disallow targeting to certain groups? And oh, I saw that. Yeah. 
And, you know, well, what about other ways, uh, you know, if I run an ad on, say, a TV channel that's targeted at a certain group, is is that morally the same as running a Facebook ad that's targeted to that group, or is it different? And so, you know, we talked about those things, and one one guy got pretty kind of worked up, and he said his his blood pressure was going through the roof, so I stopped talking to him about it, but... Yeah, but it, I mean, it's, I think it's I think it's a valuable topic too. I think it's something that uh, I mean, I think five years ago when I started uh, at this company, I was in a, a different group. It was it was called the Big Data Practice, and there were just four of us. And uh, the guy that started the group was um, was pretty you know pretty forward thinking, uh, but you know he, he had a pretty good rule of thumb for whether a data product is. Um, or at least it sounded it sounded nice and 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 cut and dried. Uh, that you know he got the question about the ethics of big data and you know you know everything that that implies, like bringing in large volumes of people's personal information or their or things they've written and what what makes a what makes a data product project ethical. And it was um, as long as it benefits the user. And so at the time, I was like, man, it's so that is so deep and it seems to ring so true, but I, you know, it is, it is a lot more complicated than just something that, you know, that can fit on a, fit on a business card. Right. So, yeah, we could, we could spend hours talking about that and, and probably find some interesting uh, guests to argue with. I think so. Um, Or not. Maybe nobody, (laughs) no one cares except us. Nobody, or nobody would want to be on record having that conversation. Who knows? We'll find out. Yeah. You can always find some chump who's gone record for anything. For fame. Yeah. Ho- hopefully the podcast does well enough that appearing on it is a path to, to yeah. fame. Uh, yeah. Speaking from, of which. From home beginnings. Right. Uh, so so uh, next on our list of topics is uh, Jake Vanderplas. Uh, so, Shout out. Local celebrity. Yeah. I don't know if you know uh, Jake, but he's like the world's nicest guy. Nicest guy and mo- more mo- very like very prolific. I don't know if most prolific in the world, but he, he does a lot of different things and he, he, had, he produces a lot. So And uh, yeah, he... He has a new book coming out uh, with O'Reilly, the Python right. Data Science Handbook. Um, yep. when, when I pitched my book, Data Science from Scratch, I actually, the original proposal was twice as long as the actual book. Uh, not not in length, but it, the proposal was for a book twice as long as the actual book I wrote. There's kind of like a first half and a second half. And O'Reilly, in their wisdom, said, like, you're an idiot. No one can write that much for one book. Um, so I said, okay, I'll write the first half. Um, and then... Jake, I don't think he's explicitly writing the second half of my book, but his book is what the second half of my book would have been, except oh, his, cool. except his is probably a lot better than it would have been if I wrote it. Um, so uh, a lot of people come up to me and they're like, "Hey, I see in your book that you were going to write a second half. Where is that second half?" And I was like, "Oh, well, you're in you're in great luck because Jake's writing it. Yeah. It's coming out soon." Uh, it's weird they didn't uh, they didn't ask me to do a technical review of that book. Um, maybe maybe they didn't. Uh, you know, maybe maybe I burned a bridge. I don't know. Uh, did, did they ask you to do technical reviews on all their books? No, <laughs> no. Well, that's probably why. Here's this is the part th- two, though. <laughs> but so I don't think anyone thinks of it that way except me. Oh, cool. I don't nice. think I don't think O'Reilly thinks of it as that's part two of Joel's book. Even Jake? I don't know. Well, I, that Maybe I can talk. say. Maybe, okay. but it could be that like his book is basically you know here's NumPy, here's Scikit-Learn, here's Matplotlib, here's a bunch of stuff. So it's not like it's not. It's not rocket science coming up with the idea for that book. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's rocket science to write it well and to execute it well. But like, mm-hmm. I'm not the only person in the world who ever thought of writing a book on those topics. So yeah, yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, he, uh, he's a great guy. So we, we could talk about him all day. I don't know if you want to hear us talking about him. And I don't know, he might get embarrassed if we talk about him all day, but we can edit this part out. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So other topics, uh, there have been a lot of very polarizing, uh, and, you know, uh, emphatic conversations about, uh, what types of data scientists there are, uh, like the, the way people have been talking about it is, uh, type A versus type B and, I can never I, remember what those two are. Type A is false positives. Type B is false negatives. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, I think so. Well, no, it, yeah. The um, no, this is yeah. This is the uh, and I I just have a problem with with I have a problem with categorization. That's why I'm bad at machine learning. But yeah, the uh, the type A is the you know more of the anal- analysis type, and type B is more getter done uh, data engineering type. And I see. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's fine to have, it's fine to draw lines and, and have Venn diagrams and things like that. But this, this conversation, I think, is pretty interesting because uh, anytime you you bucket people, then you're going to have people that don't quite fit in one or the other. So it's it's worth, I think, it's worth exploring. That's been kind of yeah, that, that's been my problem always. Actually, when before data science was really a thing, um, I worked at a startup as a data analyst, mm-hmm. and we got acquired by Microsoft. Um, and once we were acquired by Microsoft, they didn't really have a place to put me because data oh. science wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. And so that wasn't a job. So at Microsoft at the time, software engineer was a job and program manager was a job. And yeah. so they came to me and they said, look, uh, you need to be either a software engineer or a program manager because we need to know who to stack rank you against. This was back when Microsoft did all their stack ranking. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, well, you know, I'm not a software engineer and I'm not a program manager. So I can't imagine that being stack ranked against software engineers or program managers turns out well for me either way. Yeah. They're like, yeah, okay, so pick one. So. <laughs> How long were you there after the acquisition? Uh, I stayed for two years. They made it worth our while to stay for two years. And then uh-huh. like on, on the two-year anniversary, I, I turned in my resignation. Oh yeah, well, um, I, I I would have been the first, except for one guy. Poor guy. Um, he was already arranging another job, and he was presenting in a meeting. And while he was presenting in the meeting, he got a pop up notification for Ooh. a personal email about the new job that he was accepting. Yeah, and he, like he hadn't actually told anyone yet. <laughs> hey, <laughs> watch yourself. Yeah. Uh, always turn off those notifications. Yeah. Did, did you, uh, did you, did it, did, did you ever feel like you, you did make it work and that did you did fit into that role or no? Okay. Uh, well, so, so here's the thing, like I had stuff I needed to do, like my same job pre-acquisition, uh, I still needed to do all that stuff post-acquisition, mm-hmm. but the problem was that work was not really software engineering and it was not really program management. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the work needed to be done, and I was doing it well, but they just didn't know what to call me. And yeah. it was such a big system that they had to, like, I had to go in either the, the square slot or the round slot, mm-hmm. and I wasn't really square or round. So, yeah, it was, yeah. It was frustrating, but that was, a, that was actually quite a long time ago. So Yeah. Um, and so I, I think we also have mind to talk about uh, some of these think pieces that come around. Uh, you know, every oh, once in yeah. a while, someone will write the blog post about why Scala is the one true language for data science, and you know, a lot of the times they're they're, they're pretty laughable uh, pieces, uh, but there's no one to really laugh at them with, and so 
<laughs> we hope to give you someone to laugh at them with. Yeah, just to, to surface the sort of like Sammy's dad of uh, URLs that, that goes around. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the the blog posts that people write on LinkedIn or, or all, all those uh, sure. all yeah. those special things. Yeah, and, it's, and I, I don't have anything against think pieces in general. I mean, I think it's great for people to express what they think and, and the whole bit, and people can get something out of it. But there's there there is a certain level of credulity that that people have with these things that uh, you know then they get passed around as truth and and you know just like just like things on social media get uh, get passed around that that don't ring true or or are patently absurd to other people. Uh, we feel like these, these are, these are worth having some, some kind of editing and commentary. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of the time you get caught in this weird double bind where you're like, I want to read the comments on Hacker News to see people who are, you know, critical of this piece and what they're saying. But at the same time, I don't want to read the comments on Hacker News because they're the comments on Hacker News yeah, and yeah. they're, fu- they're full of Hacker News commenters. Just filthy. <laughs> so you're kind of, you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, be a nice alternative to some of those sure um and i mean the king of all think pieces dave shing um we i I know joel had never heard of him before but we um i when i was working at real networks the uh, news came out about dave shing and having having the job with the title digital profit and you know I'm, we were i'm sure we're not alone in this world uh at having both both the feeling of of utter disbelief that there's a job called digital profit. And yet, you know, some kind of awe and respect for someone being able to, and, and at this point, having, having held that job down for 10 years. Um, and we, I, I personally would like to have Dave Shing on this show as a, a host. Um, so that's going to be something I'm going to, I'm going to be working on as a host or as a guest. I'm sorry, as a guest. Yeah. Well, I don't know, maybe flip the script. Yeah. If he, if he wanted to host, we could, I could be open to that. Um, or we could just make it a round table or something. Yeah. Um, I, I think you meant as a host, like, like he'll be on every episode. Oh no, no. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you'd probably like that. Well, I think part of me, yeah, I, I would be intrigued by that. Um, yeah. Andrew has kind of a man crush on Dave Shing. So yeah, I can't get enough. And he's been around on posters for Seattle interactive conference, uh, the last few months. And, uh, so I just, you know, just can't get away from him. So, we might as well embrace embrace the uh, embrace him rather than you know try to run away. I think. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I mean, I barely know who the guy is, but I'm I'm secondhand intrigued by him. If if Andrew is so uh, so obsessed, he's wild. I mean, he's very personable, and he has a lot of lot of interesting things to say. Um, and he has had you know just reams of, of articles written about him. So uh, there's a lot of lot of stuff to to ask him about. You know, baby maybe there is room for a, for a digital profit type role in the data science field and, you know, who he thinks, you know, what kind of, what, what kind of qualifications uh, he thinks that would take. And that that could be pretty good. Actually. I, I, I'm not sure I would mind being a digital profit. No. I mean, although, although in a data science field, you wouldn't be a digital profit. You would be, I don't know, data lake profit. Sure. You would. Yeah. Uh, do profit regression. Uh, Probability, yeah. profit of probability. Don't know. Yeah, could be anything. Um. So yeah, I think. I mean, we're. Yeah, and you know, uh, so uh, Andrew and I are both actually uh, Seattle people. Uh, 
probably Seattle lifers. I think the both of us. Um, but so. a, a, a lot of the action in data science, uh, there, there's some action in data science that takes place in Seattle, but it's not, uh, it's not San Francisco, obviously. It's not Silicon Valley. It's not even New York City. Uh, it's a good yeah. community, though. Like it's it for for the size of the city, it's it's a it's a good group and a lot of a lot of diverse people and uh, and experiences and and uh, the happy hours here are, are really good. So we recommend people come out uh, next time. Any somebody finally schedules another one. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. that's on that's on me. Um, same as always. Uh, yeah, I mean we got Amazon, we got Microsoft, we've got. Um, those places spit out a lot of people who go into found startups. We got, you know, Facebook up here has employs a lot of people. Yeah. Google Twitter. employs a lot of people. Twitter employs some people. So yeah, lots of startups too. Um, and then some, you know, some big, uh, some big consulting firms and, you know, big, uh, big folks like Expedia, eBay. Oh, right. And Nordstrom, Starbucks, oh, yeah. all the ones you yeah. think of. Maybe even yeah, so we, we do want to explore. I mean, we, it's intriguing to to us, and I think to other people, why you know why Silicon Valley is such a is considered where you are required to set up shop when you're doing a data oriented product, or you know even a tech oriented product. And um, I mean, I I think that there's a lot of room for sort of more onshoring, not not necessarily in Seattle, even just uh, in other college towns and things like that. So I think that's a yeah. I mean, we we talk about that a lot. Part of the problem, I'll tell you, there is like venture money. I worked at a startup, I was a second yeah. employee. And it was a data startup in Seattle, um, and there's just you know the, there's a there's a few VC firms up here, um, but if you can't get them interested, then you're on the plane a lot down to Sand Hill Road and um, flying down, asking for money, flying back. Mm-hmm. So, uh, sad. So, uh, you know, if if you like Sand Hill Road, it's not that sad. But uh, no, I mean coming home, coming home, sad on the plane. Um, yeah, I mean, you don't always know exactly. They don't. They don't always tell you on the spot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think we have a lot of opinions on Seattle and uh, on various other places to be a data scientist. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, you know I, we'd be we'd also be interested to hear if there are any listeners at all uh, topics you're interested in uh, hearing and and discussing. And uh, of course, we'll have a small media presence we might just stick with our own twitter accounts or something um and then we'll be looking for for guests and uh and trying to make it a lively conversation so yeah so if you want to uh if you want to be a guest or you think you know someone who would be a great guest uh get in contact with us yeah you know how to get in touch with us if you found this you know how to get in touch with us um I'll, I'll I'll splice something in later that has all of our contact info and URLs and everything. Oh yeah, cool. I, and and maybe I'll uh, I have a new guitar. Maybe I'll record a theme song and and splice that in too. Oh, I thought yeah. Well, eventually we have to have the uh, have our kids write that. One. Oh, that's right. We were gonna have our kids write the theme song. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's time. Yeah, there's time. I'll I can get a lot of good. I'm not good at playing the guitar, but I'm good at getting a lot of interesting sounds out of it. So <laughs> cool. It, it'll be cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah. Thanks for your time. Thanks for spending a half hour or so with us and look forward to the next time. Yeah, definitely. Joel here, just a little outro for you uh, with a reminder that if you want to find the podcast online, uh, you can find it at adversariallearning.com. If you want to find it on Twitter, that's adversarial underscore L. 
Uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Joel Gruse, J-O-E-L-G-R-U-S. And if you want to find Andrew on Twitter, he's at AKM. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Uh, we enjoyed putting it together. And we'll do another one soon. Uh, have a great day. Thank <laughs> you.